Hey feminist fans and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. My name is Jo and today I'm joined by two delightful co-hosts, Hedvig and Amon. Hi! How are you guys before we get into the movie chats? How is... They're not in lockdown anymore. We are though. We still are in lockdown. Yeah, Joe, you're like, I'm free. <laughs> you're not free. You're only free up to six people in a garden. Joe's running to the party with my mum. <laughs> Banging on the door like me. It has been nice to like put things in the diary though. Yeah. Like I've already organised, like I've only done it one thing a month because I don't want to like go crazy. But it has That's been sensible. nice to like book a brunch or like an evening dinner, and even a trip to, have you ever heard of Brown Sea Island? No. No. So down in Paul, there's a little island called Brown Sea Island, and you can get a ferry down. So yeah, booked a weekend away to Paul <gasps> in the summer. I know. Where, where is Paul? So right down south. It's really nice down kind there. Kind of near Bournemouth. Oh, next to Bournemouth. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. And outside no, no. of Paul, there's a Brown Sea Island. Yeah, like it's just this little <laughs> island that you can visit. <laughs> I know. Like this is how desperate I am to get away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. cute. So random, like, or, or is that a place that British people usually go? Or no, I've never heard, never heard of, it. of it. I was only just looking on the map. And then you have, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like, you're like, oh, what's this green thing here? And then. <laughs> 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 I can already say that. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I said, you zoom in to google maps clearly i have nothing else better to do and then i was like oh it's got a name and then i was just googled it and then you can, uh, you can get a ferry there i was like we're going okay why not i'm walking around now with google earth on brown sea island and I mean, there seems <laughs> there seems to be nothing here there's, just... yeah, there's definitely coffee shops no and... there's just woods <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just gonna get a ferry to the woods it'll just be nice as long oh as wait, here's the stable or something. That's nice. Okay. This is it's cute. just like a virtual walk through this island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe yeah. this is a new podcast idea that we can just <laughs> virtually. <laughs> That's the screen thing here. I'm gonna find out. Oh god. <laughs> That's such a shit idea. Okay, should we get back to whatever? Yeah, we're just talking about holidays. I should book something because I'm really scared if I leave it too late, everything will yeah. be booked up so no one can go anywhere but the UK. Yeah, but that was the thing. Like, I really, there's a couple of restaurants that I really wanted to go to, and like all of them, I guess, also because around here it's just so many people living here, and all of them are booked up until like June. <gasps> I know, like, as soon as they released, you know bookings like mm. everything just got booked up immediately but I think I'm gonna try to go to one of the pubs in the area that doesn't allow you to book which is just like walk and just be there early I guess I think having the sun out has like definitely with me the sun's been out. I'm like right let's organize stuff before yeah. when it was dark and gray I was like I couldn't be bothered yeah. but now the yeah. sun's out I'm like right let's just book things in yeah. yeah just for the same reason just in case it gets booked up yeah that is the, that's the thing yeah yeah I'm very excited about this weekend though mm. four-day four holiday so good like it's Lee's birthday on Saturday oh. I hate it's birthday so don't tell him I told you I was considering decorating the whole flat just to annoy him because like that would be me and also a lot of effort on my part for someone who would be like why have you done this <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. But I'm going to make him a cake because. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm thinking about making a cake also. And I'm very excited about making small chickens out of marzipan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What kind of cake are you making? I'm thinking maybe, like, I don't know what kind of cake you would put that on. (laughs) (laughs) Like any cake. It could just be a topping for, like, a Victoria sponge. Yeah, that's true. Or you don't need a cake. You just have loads of little chickens. Yeah, on just, a plate you know what would be really good actually you know when you make something out of marzipan and you like dip it in chocolate mm. so, so maybe like a I love marzipan. covered marzipan duck or chicken <laughs> can you send pictures of this please <laughs> i was just still... about to say yes i will i will definitely send pictures <laughs> <laughs> okay so today we are discussing Birds of Prey, which came out in 2020. I'm really excited because this might be my favourite superhero movie of all time. So I'm going to try and just be objective and calm. <laughs> my instinct is just to be like, it's perfect, everything's fine. It's amazing. The director of this movie is Kathy Yan, who is a Chinese-American woman. I don't actually know if she's done any other films. I don't know. Maybe I should do research before we do these podcasts. But never mind. We can find out at some point and the writer of the movie was also a woman Christina Hodgson and she was also on the producing team as was Margot Robbie which I think I realized but I'd forgotten and then when I read it was shocked again because my memory is terrible uh, there was another woman on the producing team as well and then the cinematographer is a guy called Matthew Libertique Libertique his surname's French so we need Kareen here, really, to tell me how to pronounce that. But he has, I think, Filipino heritage. He's done the cinematography for loads and loads of different films. So I was quite pleasantly surprised with the people on behind the scenes for this film. But given how great it is, also mm-hmm. not surprised. Apparently <laughs> she produced the she produced the soundtrack as well. Kathy Ann. Yeah, for the, oh, according nice. to Wikipedia. Because the soundtrack is one of my favourite things about the film. It's very good. Like Black Betty's in there. And I think it's a guy singing that. And there are a couple of other songs that aren't original. But they had loads of artists, like female artists, doing original songs for this soundtrack. And yeah, it's just so great. I listened to it on repeat for a few days last summer and still listen to it frequently now. So Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is a DC movie that features Harley and... The Birds of Prey, (laughs) shockingly, (laughs) from that title there in the film. And Harley is just broken up with the Joker and is she loses the protection of the Joker and suddenly everyone in Gotham City is out to get her and she kind of ends up being pulled along on this journey and ends up fighting alongside these women to defeat the bad guy who's called Roman. I feel like that's maybe not the best way to describe this film, but it's a DC movie, it's comic booky. Most people, I'm sure, will have heard of Harlequin. So, Harlequin. Anyway, so she's in it. There's a woman called the Huntress in it. She fights with a bow and arrow. And they're the only two white women in the film, at least, like, main characters. And then on the intersectional side, we have Renee Montoya, who's a detective. And she's Puerto Rican heritage. We have Black Canary, who's mixed race. Cassandra Kane, who is Korean and Filipino heritage. Ellen Yi, who is um, Renee Montoya's girlfriend. So they're both gay in the film. Or ex-girlfriend have broken up by the time the film's around. And she's Chinese-Vietnamese heritage. 
And then we have Captain Patrick Erickson, who's played by a black man. So there's a lot of intersectional characters in this film, which is one of the things when I was watching it was like, oh my God, this is so cool. They're not all white people in a gang of white people fighting white people. This is great. And it passes both the female and the intersectional Bechdel tests. Yeah. I didn't, again, I kind of got to pay attention until halfway through, but there's a bit where Harley and Canary are chatting to each other and Harley's like, what even is a Harley Quinn? And you're that girl with the great TV voice. And then there's a scene where Montoya and Kane are talking to each other, Cassandra Kane, about her stealing. And I'm sure there are other things, but I stopped paying attention after that. So good job, Birds of Prey. 10 out of 10 movie. We can stop the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Who would like to start? Because otherwise I could just talk by myself um, about how much I love this film. I don't know where to begin. Well, I was going to say, I don't know where to begin because it is really good. And I think with this movie, especially, like, it's so good. Like, what do you talk about in a negative, like, in a, you know, like normally with the podcast, we're like, oh, this was a problem Mm. or that was a problem. But actually, it was just really good. And like we were saying, weren't we, Hedvig, that before we recorded, is that it took us by surprise how good it is. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be so good. Mm, Definitely. I went in watching this film with zero expectations I think also I hadn't watched the trailer and I was just I just didn't know much about it before watching it so didn't have any kind of expectations but yeah it really sort of caught me off guard I was like whoa this is actually a really really good film but I think also one thing that I thought about watching the film is that it didn't really feel like superhero film like it didn't feel Mm. like I don't know I think it's because it also has like a human sort of aspect to it like and you dig so deep into or maybe not so deep but semi-deep into like her and her sort of uh, history and like her emotional side and I just think yeah it just didn't feel like a superhero film like from the beginning like the the only time I sort of was like okay this is a superhero film is towards the end when Black Canary does her like killer scream and Mm. I was like oh yeah it's a superhero film (laughs) I Um, forgot she had that superpower I was like oh that came out of nowhere but yeah because it feels so real doesn't it and normal like they could be your friends yeah exactly yeah they go out for drinks they get like shit faced and (laughs) go and order like a burrito at like 5 a.m and yeah it's just yeah they're just so normal but then they're not at Mm. all normal in the same Mm. sense like they're really strong and obviously can fight off like Mm. 100 people at the same time sorry this is just gonna be such a like joe jizzing all the time over this film because it makes me so happy but i think one of the things i loved about it is that it felt like they really nailed, I found Harley Quinn really relatable, but I also found her aspirational, even though she's obviously not a good person and she steals things and, you know, she's Harley Quinn. But I was able to watch her and think she's so pretty and I love her style. She looks so cool. I want to be her. Whereas with Wonder Woman, I was like, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I was thinking about that as well. Like, I think I wrote down girly, but not sexy yeah. or like feminine, but not. Att- I mean, she is attractive, but she's just like, she's a girl you want to hang out with. You want to sit there and paint your nails with her. You want her to do your makeup. Like you want her to do like a stick and poke <laughs> tattoo on your bum, you know, like you just want to be her friend and like hang out yeah. with her. You go out and party with her. Yeah, she, yeah. Doesn't give, she doesn't give a shit, does she? Like 
and I think that's the thing like compared comparing her to Wonder Woman there's no facade there's no I'm gonna save the world like oh my god I've got the burden of the world on me she's mm. like fuck everybody I just want to go and get drunk and have my that mm. sandwich that egg sandwich oh my god looked amazing <laughs> like I want one <laughs> again so relatable and basically her love interest in the film is yeah. that song yeah I know and then also her the fact that she's a doctor like she's educated and she's smart and she knows exactly what she's doing but also it breaks that like stereotype if you're a doctor then you're stuffy and you know like if you're smart then you have to be a certain way but there she is in a glitter socks and whatever she's wearing mm. her, like I the, her out I love her outfit it's very cyber dog oh and, like it yeah so you just want to yeah be her and also like and all the other girls around her are also the same like they're also relatable there's not anyone that is like a that comes across as you know better than anyone else if that makes sense yeah and I love that you see glimpses of I thought about that with the huntress as well when you see the glimpses of her practice practicing <laughs> her name in the mirror when she's like you know who I you, you know you know who I am you know who I am <laughs> and I just I just thought it was such a clever way of like introducing uh, like a human side to her as well because I think a lot of the time when you portray female superheroes they tend to be very hard and like a polished just a polished character. yeah perfect exactly well, yeah they ha- can have like I guess flawed past like a flawed past or whatever but there's just like it's difficult to or I, I find it difficult to get on the inside of that character or like get through a facade and I mean even with characters like I think they try to do that maybe a bit in like Captain Marvel I felt like with Mm. sort of showing her past and she was also maybe not but yeah it was like I think it just fell a bit flat yeah and I think this is such a clever way of doing that by showing that there's like imperfections and like the funny and like the humor side of it as well yeah and also like I really like the fact that there's violence in it but it's done in a really fun way like you know when she goes to the station and because I, 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 are they real they're not real bullets are they they don't she doesn't actually kill anyone she just like stuns them with the with the yeah. of like colorful smoke and the confetti but I really like that because it's like fun yeah I would love to do that I would love to, like not you know I'd love to yeah. go and have one. it was really whimsical yeah. Yeah, it's so whimsical. And I was thinking about that as well with the last fighting scene that mm. I think that is one of the coolest sets I've seen for like a, a big fighting scene like that because it's so dynamic and like colorful and weird and like fucked up mm. and strange. Yeah, that's what felt like a comic book movie to me because, okay, just so that people know, I haven't read many DC comics. What I have read, Lee has been like, here's Shazam, you should read this. I struggle with comics because I'm quite a linear person and I like reading things from the beginning and it's quite hard with comic books they've been around for second years and I get confused because they've got remakes and whatever so I haven't really read the comic book but I've played a lot of the Lego games and I'm just more aware of stuff with Harley and I just love that she got her roller skates on and it's in like that kind of jokery amusement arcade and it just felt it felt quite DC and whimsical to me, like how I think of DC. And the same with her, like shooting the police station with those like paint gun things and glitter. Cause like a, a lot of the time with her and the Joker, they seem, they're not just bombs. They might be bombs that are in the shape of something silly. And there's like a, a silly element to it as well, which with the Joker in a lot of the films feels kind of scary. So you're like, oh my God, this guy's insane. 
and he's got a bomb that looks like teeth chattering or whatever it might be. But it was just so much fun to watch her <laughs> with like her massive mallet and on her roller skates and everyone was bouncing around in this weird bouncy castle and fun house. And when Montoya's trying to like punch that guy and she's in the kind of house and mirrors thing, it's like, oh my God, where is he? yeah so good it's so well choreographed like that whole sequence with with all the fighting but I think it's yeah it's it's comical but also very impressive and like I think it's also because of you know like all the sound effects and like it's just such a big impact and yeah it's just comical and effective and impactful at the same time it's very Mm. like well orchestrated Mm. When um, at the end where she's on her roller skates chasing after the car, I think the bit where she's in front of the car and like jumps and does a backflip onto the car, one of my friends was like, that's not very realistic. And I was like, what about this film is realistic? It's a superhero <laughs> movie. We've yeah. just seen a woman scream and cause air stuff to happen. Like it's not going to be realistic and that's fine. She also, I think, is meant to be quite acrobatic, Harley Quinn, at least from the Lego game. She does all the acrobatic <laughs> jumps and moves. But yeah, I was like, I don't want superhero movies to be realistic because then there'd be no, there'd be nothing in them. I feel like it's <laughs> going to be very hard to like criticize this movie in any way. I don't really have anything. No, I, I genuinely don't either. The only thing I was thinking maybe was the body diversity. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing because they are all very beautiful and thin and you know what we perceive to be beautiful women in body shape so there is that but then Mm. when I was talking to Tom about it he's like well there's a teenager I was like yeah but she's a teenager it'd be weird (laughs) if she was like sexy yeah Uh, (laughs) the kid Yeah, and then he did make it. He he thought that the the police officer. He was like, well, she doesn't fit the thing, but she's normal size. Mm. And again, I was like, well, if that's the case, then is why is it the older woman that has to be a bit more broader than the mm. younger ones? Mm. But that was the only thing. Like you know, if you're racking your brains, that could have been like done. I don't know how they would have done that more. But I guess the only thing I'd say is that they they're obviously like the huntress, and I'm assuming Montoya works out loads. And I mean, Black Canary and Harley Quinn obviously know how to fight. And with Harley, like if you're just eating squirty cheese and that sandwich, <laughs> yeah. you're probably not going to be the size that you are for. Yeah, but then there's that thing, isn't there? So I, it's maybe it's the people I follow on Instagram, but you know, you can be big and strong. There's mm. a view that if you work out, then you're thin and you're fit. But it's you know, bigger girls can lift yeah. and be strong. So yeah, I know what you mean though, because you know, if they're working out more, for example, are they just going to be? smaller but I guess they're supposed to be like elite athletes almost also going back to the police scene I really liked that she didn't go in using guns because she's obviously hurting those policemen and she's going in there for her own game but a lot of other villains would have just gone in with guns and killed people and not cared and I quite liked that she was like I'm gonna have some fun with this and you know I'm gonna get what I want without killing people Mm. it was interesting to see that they didn't take her seriously you know those guys that were like having their coffee or whatever that you know they just and maybe they took it was they took a moment to react but I don't think because it's her and she's a bit silly they think she's a threat yeah I really loved oh, the fight scene where it's she's accidentally like malfunctioned the sprinklers and then the doors open and the I think it's Halsey songs playing in the background and she takes on all of these men I was just like so good this is so cool she's fighting all these men and winning 
and like just aesthetically it looked really cool yeah oh like proper fangirly the only I suppose (laughs) the only thing with that scene is it's interesting that why is it that when there are men around it's always sexual with Mm. them so like you know that guy when she's drunk and then he takes her out to the back of the club that's sexual and then in the in prison it's always like sexual harassment that's going to happen and when she gets Bruce the hyena that guy's like oh you can pay me in kites and then she feeds mm. it to the hyena <laughs> so good yeah oh such a good detail that she has a hyena it's so so random there are so many good little details that I think really show that a woman wrote this and directed mm. this film like the bit where Harley's being tied up and is talking to Roman tampon and yes yes and it's oh, search my pocket for my card. And the guy pulls out a tampon and she's like, oh, the other pocket. And I remember, I always screamed. I was like, oh my God, a tampon's in a film and it's actual fun reference. That's so fun. And the fact that she, like they even mentioned that she's a superhero, but she has like periods. Well, not a superhero, a villain, whatever. I was so excited. I was like, Lee, there's a tampon in this film. And later during the fight, Black Canary, like, it's getting really annoying because her hair's getting in the way and Harley comes up to her and is like, oh, here you go, and gives her a hairband. I was like, that's such a good detail because so often with these films, I'm like, they've got beautiful, lustrous, flowing hair that's just going to get in your way. And to have that sort of mentioned and just that small moment, I was like, I don't think that would have been in there if a man had written that. Well, it's like like Wonder Woman, isn't it? Like, how does she always look immaculate even after she's just fought everyone? Whereas with these guys, like, yeah, you need to tie your hair back or you you know it gets a bit sweaty and it's fine mm. but also yeah. like after every fight like her whole face is just so fucked like she just has makeup mm. everywhere and uh, I think it's just and she has bruises and scratches and like obviously you would have that if you fight like that like that would mm. just be natural that you would just fuck up your whole <laughs> everything Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that's also so good that she didn't actually look like she always goes into fight looking awesome and then afterwards she's just like (laughs) makeup down to her toes basically yeah and all dirty and it's rain so her hair's ruined I also one of the things I found really relatable was the whole breakup stuff and that she like gave herself a new haircut and is then just sat on the sofa in a onesie just eating shit food I was like this is (laughs) Just very relatable. And I really like that although the Joker's mentioned, the film isn't about their relationship because a lot of people, I think a lot of young girls, almost look up to their relationship and love the idea of a Joker and Harley Quinn, but it's a horribly abusive, awful relationship. I think it's also something nice about that she didn't go after him for revenge or like she didn't go, she went to the place where she was like fell in love or whatever she calls it. Uh, but I guess that that was also so like I don't know about that section of the story because I don't really know much about Harley Quinn but I guess he forced her to jump into this pool of chemicals yeah I think to prove her love to him yeah so I think that was so nice that she then blew up that place that was like the root to this relationship in a way Mm. it was so symbolic that instead of like I'm gonna kill him which feels like a very I don't know feels like if this had been a film that a guy had done that would have been the route it would have taken yeah exactly but now she was like I want to forget about him like I just want him out of my life so I'm just gonna go and blow up the place where this happened (laughs) like the route to our relationship and then I'm gonna go and have a fucking cocktail (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. it's sandwich. I'm gonna have the sandwich. That was was she? Was yeah. Good. It was interesting that she'd because uh, obviously she hadn't told people that they're broken up because she knew that if she did, she'd lose all of that protection that he had provided for her. And yeah, I guess that's kind of how the film progresses that everyone's trying to kill her and then Roman kidnaps her and she manages to talk her way out of that situation. It was also really nice to see that although people were being rescued in the film, they were being rescued by other women. And the scene you mentioned earlier where Harley's really drunk and that guy's trying to get her into the back of his car and then Canary comes along and rescues her. And I was like, oh, the black woman is the saviour in this scenario. That doesn't happen often in films. So that was really cool. And also, I really fancy Black Canary. She's just so cool. The suit she wears where she's got kind of like that bralette on and that amazing suit. I was like, she looks incredible. (laughs) She looks really cool. She's really hot, but in a way that feels cool and not like I'm sexy in here to make men like me because I'm sexy. She was just really cool and her hair was amazing and like she had braids in it and jewellery and she like a lioness, particularly when she had her gold pants on. Really liked, really liked her. I think this could just um, be a podcast, Joe, of you just fangirling with each other. I can't begin to tell you how happy I was because I had the same thing as you guys. I think Lee was like, oh, do you want to watch this? I was like, yeah, sure. But because Suicide Squad had been so bad, and they've done such a disservice for Harley. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Mm. And same with you guys. I was so pleasantly surprised. And it genuinely made me laugh several times. Mm. Often at really violent bits as well. Like when she has a mallet and she breaks that guy's leg. And then she hits his other leg and then hits it the other way. I was like, oh my God, that's brutal and hilarious. <laughs> oh, my favourite. My favourite was when she, you know, in the beginning when she's in the bar. And he's like, sit down, yes. like you're embarrassing yourself. And she was like, fine. And she like goes and breaks his legs. Yeah, she jumps on his legs. I think he'd called her a dumb slut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so satisfying. Because like, fuck that guy. I don't feel bad that his legs are broken. And then she's like, I have a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Should we, bre- I don't know if either of you have seen Suicide Squad. No. I'm so glad that her outfits in this film, I know we've briefly talked about them, but I'm so glad that although she's still wearing shorts and she still looks hot, she's not, like the outfit she wears in Suicide Squad is so Mm. ridiculous. And like the shorts she wears, they're just pants basically. Was that written by a guy? Yes, yeah, it was. In Suicide Squad, she was a sex symbol, wasn't she? I mean, I think basically that was just it. And she had funny lines. I've only seen it once because it was too awful for me to want to go back and (laughs) rewatch it. But And because her top says Daddy's Little Monster, I can't remember whether I was at Con with you, Lee, or whether it was one I was at with Joe. But there there was a family with a little girl who said, I'm Daddy's Little Monster on her top. And then they were all wearing tops saying something like, I'm the monster's daddy, I'm the monster's mummy, stuff like that. I was like, that's fucking weird. Why are you guys? I I can't imagine. I wouldn't have any issue with my daughter being like, oh, she's so cool. Can I dress up as her? But I I wonder. It's just weird. You know, when they get dressed for the last battle in this film, Mm. and Montoya, is that right? Mm -hmm. Montoya picks up that t shirt, that is little monster. Yeah, and I think Harley says something about no, this is old, but it yeah. has some people 
value or something like that which I think yeah. that could be like maybe just a slight nod to you know she's like not that character anymore she's like a new mm. character from like the director maybe yeah I'm really concerned though that so the new Suicide Squad film's coming out and the trailer has come out for it and unfortunately this film didn't do very well I suspect a lot of people thought the same thing that we all did that like Suicide Squad was awful why would I mm. care about this film and it didn't do very well it didn't it's still not rated very highly on IMDb so I don't think because it looks like they could easily take that on to do another film and I don't think they're going to but Suicide Squad's coming out the Suicide Squad I think it's called which is not going to be confusing at all between the two of them um, <laughs> But I'm really worried that it's just going to go back to her being the same kind of sex symbol character because all of the other characters are men that I could see. I was like, oh, that's such a shame. Does this film... It's going to be the same... It's not going to be the same cast, is it? So I haven't actually looked at what, who the characters are. Oh, okay. Let me have a look because... I didn't realise how skimpy her outfit was. Sorry. Like, I'm just Googling it. I hadn't realised it was literally just underpants with a belt on. Yeah. Some fishnet yeah. tights. But whereas her outfits in this one, like that gold jumpsuit thing, I love. Oh, so good. But also when, when she's wearing shorts in this film, I feel like even though they're short shorts, it's still a garment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They're like high-waisted and like something you would wear. Like yeah. no one would wear what she's wearing in Suicide Squad. That is basically mm-hmm. underwear. And what, yeah. I, what I do love is that she's got a T-shirt with a name on it. Like, mm, Harley like, fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, that's a t shirt that I'm like, that'd be really cool to own. Whereas the daddy's little monster, or whatever it was, I'm like, I feel really, I don't want to be daddy's anything, mm, to be yeah, honest. Definitely. Uh, so, the new film, it doesn't have the same characters in, and Idris Elba's in it as Bloodsport, but I think everyone else is like a white man who's playing like the main cast. Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. But like, oh, and John Cena's in it, which makes me laugh a lot, and Peter Capaldi. But like, when you watch the trailer, there's her in it, and then just all of these white men, excluding Idris Elba. I was like, please tell me they're not making the same stupid... I don't have high hopes from the trailer. And it looks like exactly the same format as well, although her outfit actually does look sensible she's wearing well I say sensible she's wearing like a red prom dress in one of the scenes which kind of looks quite cool and also seems like the kind of stupid weird thing that she would she would just turn up to a fight in a fucking prom dress mm-hmm. but I would much prefer that to any of the other stuff that they put her in, in the first film mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, and maybe there's one lady who's painted red I don't know I just I just don't have high hopes. Like on the poster, there's her, Idris Elba, King Shark, I think is Sylvester Stallone, which is hilarious. And then, so yeah, three white guys in the cover, one of them looking like a shark. And then someone who looks like a character from Star Wars. And yeah, I just, it'll be interesting to see whether she's the same character in that film as she is in this film. I feel Mm. like probably not, but maybe I'm being pessimistic. I don't know. Oh, okay. So going back to more things I love about this film. Mm-hmm. Just for a change, let's talk about how much Joe loves this film. I really like that all the women in this film speak their mind and don't seem afraid to speak their mind. Mm-hmm. I think the moment I picked up on it is when Montoya has gone to Black Canary and is saying, oh, your predecessor used to help me out. Canary's like, yeah, I'm fine, but thanks for this coffee that you bought for me. Bye. And then Montoya 
tries to convince by saying like your mom would have wanted you to do this you've got this power and then canary like rounds on her and it's like basically like fuck you where were you when my mom was killed because of her powers and it just made me realize that throughout throughout the film all of the women they talk a lot and they they aren't cowed by anyone um like if anyone says something they don't agree with i guess other than when it comes to black canary and roman but he's she's obviously in he's kind of like an abusive dad figure I guess for her yeah, and he would like peel her face off if she uh, yeah up against him yeah so, I mean yeah I don't have any issue with her and obviously by the end of it she has betrayed him because he's planning to kill a teenage girl and she's like no I'll sing in your clubs and watch you be horrible to people and I guess her her way of speaking up against him is by actually sending the details to Montoya and being like Mm -hmm. you need to help me with this because that is basically her risking her life like she knows that so I guess she's like yeah she's speaking her mind and stands up for herself but in a different way Mm -hmm. definitely but I think about like I thought about that as well with Montoya and her boss like that whole thing Mm. which was such a nod to also real life you know how men always Mm -hmm. take credit for women's work and the whole thing about like you sit in a meeting with a group full of men and you say something and then they basically rephrase what you said and everyone's like yeah well done (laughs) and I thought about that so much with that whole story basically about her I guess back then co-worker and her did this job and it was basically her leads her idea her I think her execution but he got the promotion Mm -hmm. and I think it's just so satisfying in the end like when she basically just takes a swig out of a whiskey bottle and just like walks out (laughs) and she's like fuck off like obviously Mm. she doesn't really win because she leaves her job but it's also a win in its own way because she's like I'm better off without you fuckers Mm. and then she just walks out and creates like a super group of uh you know ladies yes so good if I guess it felt like an odd to women carving their own path because obviously like the workplace is set up to be beneficial for men and women are having to conform to that and try and work that system whereas she was just like obviously we can't all just quit our jobs and join like villain fighting (laughs) women or who happens to be like super rich because of her family's fortune sadly we can't all do that but I like that she was like I'm gonna do this my own way because like I'm being looked over all the time here I'm not actually able to do my job properly fuck all of you and out Mm -hmm. definitely taking it's um, all, I guess it's almost like her if it would have been real life she would have started her own business yeah or like you know set up her own station or whatever mm-hmm. or like a detective bureau or something like that yeah like a private investigator they also um at the beginning when Harley's doing her backstory she mentions that the same thing happens with her and the Joker that a lot of the stuff that he does are her idea and then yeah. he doesn't tell anyone that and she's just left in the background looking like she's just his hanger on. Whereas she's like, I'm the mastermind, but no one knows. <laughs> oh, I, I like the fact that the movie touches on the misogyny of the world. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to navigate through it and fight through it. Mm, mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that starts even from the beginning, like one of the first scenes when Black Canary is singing the That's a man's world. And she like stares into Roman's eyes like very intensely and being like, it's a man's (laughs) And he's like, yes. 
Yeah, I, that was also a fun scene. I, I really didn't like the scene where he makes that woman stand on the table and dance and strip. And mm, that made me feel so was, uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, me too. Because I, I guess, again, it felt quite realistic in that that's something I could see a man making a woman do, like trying to humiliate her and mm. maybe not club surrounded by people but yeah but her friend the guy friend he didn't say anything did he no no one no one stood up for her and said what the fuck are you doing no the guys her guy friend ripped her dress yeah because he told Mm. him to like no one stood up for her yeah it was fucked up Mm. like i think that is also yeah that is definitely one thing with this film that you have these scenes that could have been taken from an every everyday life from any girl like the the you know almost rape scene when she's insanely mm. drunk and just hanging on the guy and like obviously that scene when she's standing on the table which i think i guess if you compare to like an- any other superhero film it would always be like guys with their weapons and they're like we're here to fuck you up and it's like no hear me hear me am here i am superhero i'm gonna <laughs> fuck off and they like <laughs> you know and it's very like it's very mm. sort of violent from like the right yeah. but I think it's the sort of subtle more abusive you know the emotional like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the emotional abuse which like mm. I think was so welcome like with that scene for example with a dress it was such it was so welcome conveyed mm. like that whole scene because I mean it's sort of crept under your skin and you're like oh yeah then you would then you see how horrible of a character he is by doing that to like her I mean even more horrible than when he's peeling someone's face off like Mm -hmm. I think that had more effect when he forced this woman to like rip her dress off on the table Mm -hmm. than when he's like torturing people well that was because that was unnecessary like the other stuff was work in -hmm. some way Mm -hmm. like you know that's his job but this was because she was laughing and nothing to do with him he wasn't because the background of that scene was that he felt humiliated about something or hadn't something just happened and be like in his personal yeah I think they'd lost the girl maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he felt like a bit of an idiot and then he took it out on that girl yeah mm. oh and this is also so interesting because it also puts or it illustrates that you know that saying about the worst a man a, a woman's worst no a man's worst fear is to get humiliated yeah and a woman's mm. worst fear is to get killed yeah yeah i also just after that scene when you see like black canary wipe a tear and then try and leave and he grabs her and it's like you wouldn't betray me would you little bird and the fact that he called her little bird and it's such a demeaning mm. like word for her i again it like made my skin crawl i was like oh she's in such an unsafe position because he, he's oh he also says i think when Harley said, I'm going to meet me at this place, he says to, is it Victor, that guy who, I think it's Victor. And he says to him, like, oh, I think you can handle a couple of little girls. Mm-hmm. Like, I was obviously underestimated them. But that's why I like it, because they're the underdogs. Yeah. And I guess he wasn't expecting, like, those other women to turn up. But even so, he obviously was like, I can be whatever I want to these people. And I think that seemed to be his kind of thing like that controlling power because when he shows Black Canary around his office he's like I got this from this tribe in this place and he was just sort of showing ownership of all of this stuff and it, like he talks down I think one of I can't remember where he said I think it was a mask I can't I couldn't work out where he'd said it come from but he said 
she was like oh is it nice there or something he was like no it's dirty or something like that yeah 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 and I was like oh he's such a horrible man (laughs) but isn't that like what what happens when they get back and he gets a fit and he's like but it's my things it's my things Mm -hmm. like it's my objects and he's Mm -hmm. such a psycho oh I really love you McGregor yeah and I really really enjoyed him in this because he um I, like he he's obviously there are those scenes where he's he's really scary because he's humiliating someone but weirdly when he was ripping off people's face well he wasn't doing it he was ordering someone to it was kind of scary because he changed his mind like that when mm. he said he'd let that girl go and then she like she snotted and he was like ew gross and then he like starts skipping away and he's like I've changed my mind cut it off it's like Oh, I know geez. it's so insane it's so far away from you know Moulin Rouge you mm. and McGregor <laughs> <laughs> also Victor treats Canary as less than him constantly throughout the film like he's always like I think when they pick up the diamond he takes it from her and she says oh Roman said for me to keep that and he was basically just like fuck you I'm taking this mm. um, and like orders her to stop the car and they're kind of I don't think Roman treats them as lesser than. He seems to treat them as equals because he sees them as just these are people who work for me and do what I tell them to do. Whereas mm. I think Victor sees himself as I'm his right-hand man, so I'm higher up than you. And that's... There's always a hierarchy, isn't there, with these things? Yeah. People want a hierarchy. Like, he probably thought, oh, I've been here the longest. I'll tell you what else was really creepy. When he had shot Harley with some kind of tranquilizer, he tranquilized her, and then he, like, grabbed her face and, like... I thought Margot Robbie did a really good job of giving him like death eyes. Just you could see how pissed off she was without having able to like move her face. I think I was worried he was going to try and touch her um, like inappropriately. And he's just like, I've got a space on my chest for me to put a scar to say that I killed you. And it's right here, which is over his heart. It's like, oh, so gross. Bore. Um, I did then like it, but all she could move was her hand and she had that like tranquilizer dart and was just stabbing him over and over yeah. <laughs> it's so, so good yeah so good I also really liked her the way she was with Kane Cassandra Kane I like she was kind of like I don't care that you're a kid I will kill you mm. but we'll try and do a different way first before yeah and I think back. I think it was also such an interesting way of doing it like narrative wise that instead of the kid just hiding the diamond in her cask Mm. she swallowed it and then that forced Harley to hang out with her for you know a day or whatever how long they were hanging out and I think that also enabled Harley to sort of explore her more maternal or like you know big sister like taking care Mm. of like another person's side which I found really nice or maybe just like having a friend that yeah that's there and like can't escape (laughs) (laughs) Because I guess she wouldn't have had friends because she was just Joker's girlfriend for such a long time. I think she probably had shallow shallow friends, but not like friends. You know how Mm. they were like talking shit behind her back when they're ordering the broom? Yeah. Yeah. They they haven't broken up for real. They're going to like get back together. Like, you know how she always does. She never stands up for herself. Blah, 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 blah. And like Mm. some people just can't be on their own. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe yeah, I felt really sad. Like she found like a real friendship in Sandra. Sandra. Yeah, she can't. She couldn't trust Cassandra. Sandra. Cassandra. <laughs> Cassandra. All the Sandra names. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because she can't trust it. Because even that Chinese guy, maybe he's not Chinese. Yeah. 
guy. I think he was. Um, at least he sold Chinese food. He's called Doc, I think. Yeah, like, he he sold her out in the end. Yeah. So sad. So sad. Oh, also, really random subtle break. You know when she says you always order the 32 or whatever it is, extra spicy, and then the huntress comes in and says, I'll have the 32. Mild. <laughs> <laughs> so that's such a random tiny thing to add, which is really like <laughs> Uh, but I think it says a lot about their personalities as well because she's not so sure of herself and she has a bit Mm. of like insecurities whilst Harley's like I'm the queen of everything you know and she's like (laughs) I see yes (laughs) I also really like okay I mean obviously lots of things I really like but right at the end when she's about to kill Roman and sort of shouts at him like I'm the one they should be scared of not you no Mr J me because I'm Harley fucking Quinn and then her she misses him with her shot she's like sorry kid and I quite like that Cassandra Kane got her moment to be like mm. I've stolen a grenade here's this grenade you do a weird fun <laughs> pick thing and then you see him explode which was another bit that made me laugh so I was like that was I wasn't expecting so to good. see him explode but I feel like once again like it just adds to her humanness in a way because like you wouldn't hit every person every time like if you if you shoot someone you could miss like mm. it would just be insane if you had one bullet left and that would hit someone if you, mm. yeah that just feels insane so and also as you said that, that enabled Cassandra to feel like she actually contributed because I think also with the whole fighting scene she was you know when she says they're all here for me like they're all mm. here because of me so imagine feeling that you know responsible or not yeah but I guess respond being responsible for putting all these people that you've actually become friends with like during this last 24 hours or whatever in like you know day it's in such danger that must feel mm. horrible and also she's obviously not a trained fighter so she can't really contribute in any way it's like her moment was when she was like I can use my skill as a pickpocket to like sneak <laughs> yeah, yeah. into his pocket <laughs> and like take these grenades yeah yeah um so I really loved during that fight scene at the end that there was a moment where all of them went up to her to make sure she was okay yeah. and throughout the whole fight she was you could see she was their focus they were protecting her they were making sure she was out of the way and like Huntress gives her that car to hold on to and I thought that was really sweet because I, I couldn't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I think often it becomes just about the fight scene. Mm. In other kind of superhero movies, when there's a hostage, it's just about that, and they're kind of just left, and you just assume that they're just fine, I guess. They're just sat to one side, <laughs> just watching everything happen. They're watching. <laughs> go, go, Batman, you can do it. <laughs> so it was nice that, because then obviously at the end, like she does manage to get taken and they have to go after her, but they clearly tried really hard to Mm. protect her which I thought was really sweet and also really sweet that they then got tacos and margaritas and were just chatting and complimenting each other like you're so cool and you can do those high kicks and your tight pants and I thought it was really cool with your bow and arrow or crossbow because it's not bow and arrow because she's not five whatever she says in the film (laughs) oh my god I've forgotten about my best bit of the film when Harley's in the police station and one of the mercenaries has her by her neck and Cassandra hands her that lighter and she sets that guy's beard on fire. I just thought it was the best thing ever. I was like, that's hilarious because, of, like, what a genius idea. Like, of course, that's going to make him freak out. And, and if he's oiled it and, like, 
effect on all of that kind of stuff to it. He's going to go up like a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, I think there was so much about this film that I hadn't seen in other films that felt really new and fresh. And there were small bits like the tampon being pulled out, like the beard being set on fire. Like, mm. would a male writer have thought about that? I don't know. Mm. But I loved that it was like, this could only happen to someone with a beard. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna set this on fire. Mm -hmm. I think it's also something about because obviously he was a massive guy. He was probably double her. Mm. So it's like also about being a clever fighter and being like finding a way to defeat your enemies, even though they're bigger. And I think she does that obviously very well because she's very acrobatic and can like jump around and stuff. But that is like being clever in another way, being just, and I mean, that was because of Cassandra because she was like, this is your best weapon of choice at this moment. Like, Mm. how would you even think that? (laughs) Giving you a lighter, like it's so (laughs) random. But then they were obviously in sync because then she was just like setting him on fire. I did think a lot of the fight scenes were, they were really fun to watch, but also felt different to a lot of the male superhero films. Because I get really bored when the fight scenes are between people who are like super strength and they'll just like punch each other and one of them will fly and smash a building. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is so boring. We get it, you're really strong. And I get really stressed that they're destroying a whole city. So I'm like, someone's got to put that back together and that's <laughs> livelihoods. And it really just, I don't enjoy it. And it was nice in this that, it was more clever fighting and more, I guess, like athletic fight. It wasn't just like punching someone in the face. It was, you put your leg up here, so I'm going to break that. And then, and she also didn't seem, she wasn't there to be like making sure everyone killed. She just wanted to get out and was like, whatever way I can do this, whether it's breaking both of your legs or setting your beard on fire. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was what was nice. She never went looking for it. It just always happened by accident. Like she wanted just to get one person or one, you know, guy, and then, and then everything else just happened. Uh, it, it always felt like to be like, oopsie. Yeah, she's not like going out to try and find someone to hurt or kill. And no. she also seems to go out of her way to not, well, not go out of her way to not kill people. But that's not her first instinct, isn't? No. To kill someone, exactly. it's what else can we do? Let's give Cassandra laxatives. Yeah. Let's use my fun glitter gun. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly and I think there's also something in the whole thing about like destroying a whole city because yeah as you said that would stress me out a lot as well and they're like smashing into buildings and stuff are falling down and like who's gonna clean that up the cleaners and who are the cleaners (laughs) yeah it's usually women yeah like yeah it it really and it also like because it seems to just get bigger and bigger and more and more ridiculous like this is just stupid so sometimes I quite like watching WWE, but I prefer watching the women's wrestling because they're not relying on just brute strength. So it's not just punching each other as hard as possible. Their fighting is a lot more acrobatic. Like I think one one clip in particular that I think I made loads of people watch was like, watch this fight. Oh my God, it's so cool. They were like, I don't want to watch these people fighting. It's like, yeah, I think one of the women jumped off the ropes and she wrapped her like, legs around someone's neck or something and like it pulled them to the ground and it was just so much more athletic and acrobatic and was more exciting than just watching two really big massive men just punch each other and I know more goes into it than that but that's kind of how I felt with this film yeah if you it almost feels like a dance yeah it's fun and it's playful and it's it's not 
yeah it's not just punching each other in the face it's Mm -hmm. clever and it's like jumping and spinning and yeah and facial expressions and like playing with you know laughing and yeah it's just so much so much more Mm -hmm. that goes into it than just like you know a clenched jaw and clenched and just (laughs) yeah and I like that it's a shame that no one can see you Hedvig Um, yeah I like the way of props because I get that like a lot of those men would physically be stronger than Harley but she has this she uses her body strength to her advantage like she was like sliding across the floor and hitting someone in the leg so that you had the velocity and the power of then Mm, that slide and she was using like mallets and just other stuff and I think the other thing is there's no ego with the with them like male superheroes it's Mm. it it is there's a load of ego behind it because they have to win Mm. Uh, whereas this isn't about that this was just like fuck I need to get out of here yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like a survival yeah Mm. okay I feel like we spent a long time just talking about how great the film is so shall we rate the film yes (laughs) let's do it (laughs) okay um the female side I vote five out of five (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I I I would say yeah there's no reason for it not to be yeah definitely I mean other than like the obviously representation of bodies it was just it was everything I need in a superhero movie. It was perfect. It was. Yeah. Makes me so happy. Still having seen it four times. I'm like, this film is amazing. I want all of Harley's clothes. I want to be her friend. I want to do the eye makeup where she has like the, the gems on one yeah, eyebrow. Yeah. So cool. So I want cool. her hair. I like that she had like proper gothy, like chalky white skin and her face tattoos. I would just like to be Harley. I don't want to be Wonder Woman. I want to be Harley. Um, yes. Okay, the intersectional side. I mean, I suppose in from a from a race like diversity point of view, yes, that's really diverse. I suppose then it depends on how intersectional you're going. There are two examples though of characters who aren't straight. So you've got well, three actually. You've got um, you've got Renee Montoya and Ellen Yee, who are both gay. And then right at the start, Harley Quinn mentioned she's had her heart broken loads of times and two guys come up and one woman. Yeah. So the assumption with her is she's bi. I like that the captain in the police force is a black man because although he's a bit of a dick, he's taken like the credit for Montoya's work. I like, because black men can be dicks too. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't have to just be white men. white men all the time. But I like that he was in the position of power there I think it should get five out of five because I want this film to be a <laughs> film and I think we've given five out of five before when there haven't been representation of like trans and which I would like there to be Ben did like Beckham gave 10 out of 10 didn't we and it didn't have that diversity of intersectionality true 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 and hustlers too I think okay yeah I'd say five then I was just thinking it'd be really cool to obviously see more trans um characters and actors in film and also for it to not be even mentioned that they're trans they're just there as a woman and or a man and it's not like Mm. even talked about in the film I was going to say that in Supergirl there is a trans character played by a trans woman who's a superhero which is really cool I got really excited I think the episodes leading up to finding out that she was trans I was like oh my god I think they're hinting that she's trans and then it's revealed and I got excited googling it I was like oh she's a trans actor the show's the best show in the world (laughs) I get really excited about female superheroes done well and I really love Supergirl as well again want to be her 
want to hang out with her. I just think she's so cool. Okay, anyway, now time for Joe to calm down because she needs to go to bed soon. Good job, Birds of Prey. You got 10 out of 10. I knew you would because you're the best film that's ever been made. But... <laughs> Not <laughs> ever. Not ever. Ever. Don't listen to Armin. <laughs> there is no greater film. Ooh. The podcast is ending now with Pete. <laughs> Feminism is done. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> if you would like to let us know if you agree then you can find us at Real Feminism, Real Spelt R-E-E-L on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to say a very big thank you to Lee, who does the editing, producing and artwork for the podcast. And a thank you to Sandra, who does the music you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast. And I want to say a big thank you to my co-host, who were here to listen to me talk about how great this film was for two hours. <laughs> thank you, Joe. Uh, thank you because I kind of knew this was just going to be me like blah, 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 just verbal vomit everywhere um, we'll be back in your ears in two weeks time where we'll be discussing How to Build a Girl the movie adaptation of Cat and Moran's book but until then bye bye